Hello Godzilla fans, and welcome back to the Novice Leaders Film Podcast. I just wanted to cut in right at the start here to let you know, and any potential new listeners know, that we're going to be releasing these three commentaries very close together. A little bit of a change of pace from our usual uh, uploading schedule. Um, so we have this one out this Monday, obviously. Then this coming Friday, we have City on the Edge of Battle coming out. And then the following Monday after that, we'll have Godzilla the Planet Eater. Um, we recorded these three commentaries in very close succession, and due to them being so linked, and the fact that we have such a gigantic backlog of episodes currently, I thought it made sense to release them as close together as I could. And if you're a new listener and you'd like to hear some more of our Godzilla coverage, we've actually done 11 previous commentaries with Godzilla or King Kong-related uh, films. Um, you can scroll through the podcast feed through whatever podcatcher you're listening to to, to find the shows, or you could go down to the link in the description, and I'll have um, a little playlist fr- from our Podbean page. But anyway, that's enough for this introduction. Let's get on with the show. Once again, coming back to our Godzilla series and actually covering Godzilla again. Although I guess we did it in the last movie, but that wasn't a real Godzilla movie with oh hell no uh, all monsters attack. So <laughs> that was an in between movie. It's a fan movie. Yeah, basically, uh, what do they call them? Clip shows. Yeah, clip show. Filler. It was a filler movie. Yeah, and here we're coming to a pretty, pretty new and different take on Godzilla. We're in the What's this one called again, Isaac? The the Rewa era. Rewa era. Yes, brand new era. Even though the Rewa era didn't like happen until 2019. Yeah, well, you know, they it's it is what it is, but yeah, and this is the second entry, Godzilla Planet of the Monsters. Wait. So I know you Isaac, me and you watched this. Oh, go ahead. We're watching the second entry? Uh cuz the first one was uh Shin Godzilla. Oh, okay, that's what you mean. Okay, I'm tracking. Yeah. Okay, sorry. It's okay. No, it's fine. Yeah, it's it's hard to... I, I, I get it. I kind of didn't, like, <laughs> swim myself there properly. They retroactively put Shin Godzilla and then, like, these three together as, like, the first installments. I don't know if they... I assume they don't count uh, the 2019 release of King of Monsters. Nor King Kong versus Godzilla. I didn't right, think so. Right, right. Those are its own era. And I'm tracking because Caleb knows I have my fan-made box art containers and it literally says on Rewa era and it starts with Shin Godzilla and goes into the trilogy of animated films. So my fan box art is tracking with everything you guys are saying. Nice. Save for Godzilla singular point. But I know for uh, for me and you Isaac, we both watched this almost immediately when it, immediately when it was put onto Netflix and we had many debates about it at the time. Uh, no, I actually watched this all at once in like, oh, really? January or February of 2019 when all three of them came out. That's so weird. Maybe it was just me just, uh, <laughs> just ranting to you. Most likely. Cause was. I remember I was not a fan of this when it came out. I remember the debates we had though. Yes. Many, many debates about it. Uh, how about you, Eric? Did you see this initially? Or oh, I guess, I guess not, but <laughs> when did you see this? No, no, no. I no, I 
let's see. I'm trying to think where was I in my fandom when this came out. I think this is before this came out before I started my Godzilla journey. Mm. So I was aware that it was out there on Netflix. I kind of looked at it for a hot second on Netflix because the animation style is similar to this other series. I'll have to look it up. This other anime series that was on Netflix at the time. And this other series I was a fan of. And I was like, oh, this kind of looks similar visually. Uh, And then I just started watching the beginning and I was like, I have no idea what's going on here. And I just shelved it. And then later, you know, I became a Godzilla fan. I've discussed that before. And so I was being a completionist and I got all the physical copies of everything. And I spent a lot of money to get this trilogy on, on hard copy DVD. And I started watching the beginning again and the same exact thing happened. Like, and I was like, all right, I'll just save it for another day um, to really get through all this stuff. And I guess that day has finally come. Just just to be clear, are you saying that you've never seen it all the way through? Correct. Correct. I, I think I've gotten as far as maybe halfway through the first movie. Oh, okay. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah, I guess I guess me and Isaac will be on point for uh, explaining some of this. But yeah, so if you all have your, your copies at timestamp zero, we'll hit play in three, two, one, play. Is this our first Netflix original, Isaac? I don't feel like we've entered this territory before. I mean, we haven't done Apostle yet, so yeah, not really. Mm. Oh crap! I gotta, re- I gotta add that to my list. So you're saying you've never discussed a Netflix original, like on the podcast, is what you're saying? No, I don't think so. We've not done. We never did Altered Carbon, though. I don't know if we have any interest in that. We're. I haven't yeah. talked about cowboy Be- i mean i've talked about cowboy bebop but i'm not like watched that cowboy bebop yet and there's some indonesian martial arts films i might watch maybe we'll watch one day i i have no idea uh something i think caleb's seen it oh eric when you were mentioning that there was a, a scene what oh i was gonna say something that is a netflix original quote-unquote that could fit into y'all's wheelhouse but i think caleb's already seen some maybe um castlevania my Mm. goodness the animated series yeah isaac too that is gd fantastic it is gd fantastic i mean that's gonna be on our other channel not this one okay but i'm just saying that is we're planning on covering all that eventually god that is worth it that is worth its salt no no comment about that yet because this is a movie right now what's happening here uh, for, for, for ladies and gentlemen, those in between, we are thrust in the action. We are not thrust in, in media's res, as some might think. Uh, yeah, we have that, a little bit of a prologue here, which takes place. Um, is it only a few months before the central plot kicks into gear? I, uh, I'd say a few days, potentially, maybe a okay. few hours, if you're not really like <laughs> sure. paying attention. By the way, I did look it up. Tau E, by the way, is an actual planet that was discovered oh. in 2014 or 2012. Excuse me. At least what Wikipedia said. So don't trust me at all. <laughs> sure. Probably lying. Yeah. When this when this movie first came out, I was completely turned off by the look of it. And I remember finding it a little bit boring and kind of hard to follow at first. Sure. And so I remember, yeah, many, many times with Isaac complaining about this and being like oh like i like a lot of elements but i just can't get behind this like the animation or but that all that stuff's completely gone for me now i i fully embrace all of it and i actually love the way it looks in the dolby vision on my 4k tv i think it looks incredible 
So what he's saying is he basically came around to my point of view. Mm. So you liked it initially, Isaac? The the look of it? Is that what happened? You came around to his point of view? I love this animation. This is uh this is some really good 3D animation. Mm. And if if everybody's been following along, like, you know, my opinions of animation, even though I'm well, kind of a goof when it comes to this kind of stuff uh it's you know i've always like knocked 3d animation over 2d animation but really that's i don't know that's that's not that's not true there's there's not neither is better than the other um it's just whether you want something to be more 3d or 2d and this embraces all 3d effects there might be actually some 2d effects i could i could be wrong on that but Hmm. i i'm grateful that they went 3d with this um Again, I always say if you want a really good blend between 3D and 2D, go watch. I can't. I can't just like can't stress enough. Go watch um, Pacific Rim: The Black. That's such an amazing series and probably a better Polygon Pictures film or product than than this is. If people just didn't like the animation, but whatever. That's we're not. We're not here to talk about that. Um, we're here to discuss what just happened here. What's what, what's going on exactly, Caleb? Yeah. So. Yet, I guess they haven't quite explained where we are yet, but this is way in the future. Humanity had to leave planet Earth due to uh, some monster infestation. And things have gotten pretty dire for them on this ship here. Uh, they're running out of food and water, and even oxygen. And so, in a, I guess, about to free up some resources, they got all these old folks to volunteer on basically a suicide mission here. And Captain, is it Sakaki Haru? Yes, Sakaki Haru. Yeah, he was like, screw that. Like, I'm not going to let you guys do that. That seems morally wrong. And for his efforts, I guess it was kind of almost a terrorist act because he said he was going to blow up the thing if they tried to do it. So now he's getting himself locked up. Yeah, how dare the The needs of the many outweigh the needs of the few, and I'm going to blow up these few and blow up the rest of the ship. Wait. Well, again, we don't know technically if they... Yeah, what What happened here? Yeah, we're thrusting the action, or at least the, the 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 drama here, pretty quickly on. So I love those explosions, by the way. Yeah, those are some good explosions. See, when everything's three D, it all works out. Mm. Yeah, so, so I remember in our discussion parents. with. Oh, yeah, I'll go ahead, Eric. Oh no, I'm sorry. I just figured out. So, Knights of Sidonia was the Netflix mm. uh, anime series. That I had just randomly fallen into, however many years ago, uh, and I kind of—I've heard about it—and I kind of liked the animation style. And like I said, I saw this, and I was like, "Oh, this looks like really, really similar." I just did some little research. Yeah, it's produced by the same studio, um, Polygon Pictures slash Toho. Polygon Pictures. Yep, exactly. So it makes sense. It's 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 like exactly the same. Like the character models and this whole three D thing you're mm-hmm. talking about. It's exactly, yeah. Yeah, and I remember having a similar problem with that show where I was like, I really like a lot of the concepts, but this art is just, uh. But I did turn around with that show too, <laughs> although I haven't gotten caught up completely. I did. Wait, are you about Sidonia? Yeah, Knights of Sidonia. Mm-hmm. Yeah, here we have the little bit of yeah, describing where where we are. Oh, that was America. Whoops. And it's funny how I guess in Sidonia, it's also in the distant future, after mankind flees from Earth. Um, because some aliens attacked and that's Star Galactica. It's a bunch of stuff. I mean, we've all heard it before. Caleb, what did you think of this opening, uh, cold opening or narrated opening? Um, I think it works quite well. 
sets everything up pretty straightforward. And then we get another like maybe half an hour of just kind of unpacking everything that we see here. I think this is like Animatrix. So it's all kind of part of one big sequence of. I can see that. Yeah, the best part of Animatrix. The uh, I forget what that those three part stories are called, but that was the best part of it. World building, <laughs> explaining everything. No, there, yeah. there's a three part story where they kind of describe the uh, the history of the AIs taking over. So, but the best part of that movie. Super cool little piece. It's also. Did you ever watch that video I sent you? The opening of the uh, extended version of David Lynch, Michael Lynch, David Lynch's Dune. Um, I, I did start it, but no, I don't think I finished it. But yeah, but this is the same <laughs> same thing. Starts off with a big explainer of the history of how we got to where we are now. How did we get so dark? Yeah, and that's that's one of the things about this fran this uh this series. It's super duper complex kind of back background to the whole story. And so we kind of do need this little extended exposition sequence, but I don't know. I, again, like I said, the whole kind of introduction piece to this movie is like half an hour long. And I feel like that could put off a lot of people. And I think it put me off a little bit the first time I watched it, which just I was like, oh, is this thing ever going to get going? It's just exposition after exposition. Did, did you feel that I similar way? I thought that in general with, I, I'm not the biggest connoisseur of anime or anything like that, but I always thought it's something about Eastern productions. They play by their own rules narratively. You know what I mean? The structures like structurally. And of course different anime is different, but the, the point is it's not always, there's no one or two ways. There's like 10 different ways. Uh, approaches to like trying to explain mm. whatever story they're trying to explain, which is why I feel like, I guess it's like, if, like I said, I, I couldn't get through this whole movie and that's the same thing I encounter when I try to, you know, take chances on many random animes because you, you never know uh, how the next random one's going to play out. Um, yeah, that's, that's fair. But, but I, like I said, I, I'm completely turned around. I, I actually really enjoy this first half an hour of just setting everything up. I think it has a really precise tone to it. We're just kind of feeling all the people's spirits being kind of beaten down and broken apart. And we have these three kind of alliances of two different alien species with the humans. And I really like seeing how they all interact with each other. Very different kind of motivations behind the three groups. I think all that stuff's super duper cool. But um, I don't know if you want to go into the other two uh, species there. And wait basically for the, the next two films, since there's a theme to these three films. Uh, well, uh, right now or not? Uh, mm-hmm. What were you gonna say, Eric? Excuse me. Ouch. Well, well, before I say that, but the other two movies. So we just happen to get this in the randomizer, right? So does that mean mm-hmm. for? The rest of the trilogy, it's going to be up to the randomizer as well. No, I I made the uh, executive decision just to go three, all three at once because they're all okay. Because I was wondering, like, <laughs> could it be like two years from now when we get to the the third one, and then we yeah. see the third one before yeah. the second one? Okay, just wondering. Yeah, that was that was part of my point. But also, even here on Netflix, it even says episode one, two, and three. Well, pa- well, parts because they really are one complete. Well, it, it technically says episode on that, the. That's uh... true. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> Because they really are just one story told in, in three parts. It's okay. not uh, 
they're not really distinct movies. Okay. And they're all made at once, so. But he's not going to do a super cut of like, oh, this is going to be a... No. <laughs> Six-hour commentary for you guys to listen to. No, they're, they're each their separate parts. It's sort of an OVA, but like an official like movie release OVA. Yeah. But not really. Yeah, and I'll just lay my cards on the table early on here with this. I mean, it's it's a little too bad that you didn't get to, to watch it all the way through, Eric. Because I really do think these three are some of the best stuff we've gotten from the Godzilla franchise overall. This movie, I just absolutely love it now. I've seen it five times, and I think it's just fantastic. Yes! Of course so. I have... <laughs> Of, of course I haven't seen the whole thing, so I don't exactly know how everything's going to play out or where the story's going to go. But is it fair for this to be the best because it is obviously taking the IP but grafting it onto a completely different concept? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So does that is it is it playing fair against the rest of the Godzilla IP since it is so detached, you know, you know, you know what I mean, I think. Well, it's it's kind of like what we were talking about with Star Wars, where it takes some of the core ideas of the Godzilla franchise and then just dresses it up in completely new paint and yeah, gives us something we've never seen before. And no, no I, I don't know if that's unfair necessarily. I, I think that's cool to take a franchise in new directions by still... Well, no, no, no. I'm, there's nothing wrong with doing it and you can definitely make something good, but it, but is it a fair comparison though, is what I'm saying. Like... Uh, pretend what was that movie called was it jason x when jason went to the future (laughs) yeah but pretend that jason x was like a masterpiece in its own right and it was like this it was like the original alien and it was like this crazy slasher in outer space but again that it was good and then you'd be like this is the greatest friday the 13th movie ever but would that be fair since it's so out of context like not even on earth not even in um uh crystal lake or whatever you know you just took jason and put him in a completely different environment even if it stays true to some of the tropes or whatever i mean i'm not i mean i'm I'm all for everything i'm just saying though is it a fair fight when you go well how does this compare to jason 3d it's like (laughs) apples and oranges yeah and i'm not necessarily comparing i'm just saying i think that they uh took the franchise in a really cool direction here in a really kind of just like um fully fleshed out sci-fi world and i think that just it, it works fantastically particularly in the japanese dub I'll, I'll just say i don't think the english dubs are worth watching really um i think they're so badly acted that it kind of damages the movie so i uh, i can understand people who'd seen them just in the english version kind of being like i don't see why people like this that's interesting i see i'm such a sad american I got nothing against dubs except that in our day of having our cell phones constantly in our hands, I've become lazy uh, with my anime and other foreign films that I'll default to English just because it's easier to look at my phone and follow along uh, because I don't have to be focused. But see, that's me being an ugly American uh, poor movie viewer um, because I don't know. I'd, yeah. probably, I'd probably enjoy a lot more anime if I would watch the dub versions. Yeah, or subbed. Um, yeah, and I think in most anime it'd be fine, but there's a lot of really complex kind of interactions going on in this movie that it's something that warrants like full attention being paid, I think. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure you're right. 
Yeah, when I was watching, because I actually went through these again uh, at the start of this year, and I don't know if you feel the same way, Isaac, but I kept thinking that this series of movies, as much as I really enjoyed in this anime form, I think it looks incredible. Um, I, I think it mostly holds up as a narrative this way. But I kept thinking that I feel like it'd be almost better suited for a novel. <laughs> one complete novel, not three parts like this. Just one one book. Godzilla Earth. This would be an absolutely big novel. It is so funny. So in, you know, our in well, at least in my in my perspective of this this, you know, entire channel, uh comparing it to Geekvolution, uh <laughs> when when those two main men did when they when the two hosts there did this whole series by the third book or the third book, the third part, uh both had basically agreed this is either a novel or a thesis. Like a complete like mm. essay, a mm-hmm. science, uh, a classic science fiction book, almost like a foundation book. Like we're seeing foundation on screen. Oh, that's what I was going to say earlier. Mm. That's what I was going to say earlier. Which you reminded me. I'd forgotten they did that. Mm. <laughs> yes. Which again, uh, my opinion, real time foundation absolutely should be animation. Even if it was 3D like this, I have no problem with that. There's only so many books like you can adapt to live action i think real time's doing a good job with it though uh that should just be honestly animated instead of live action but that's taking away from live action sometimes i i admit so you're saying that you like watched the new foundation series and so now you're saying yeah so you feel like it should just be in an animated form uh which which uh no i've not watched foundations which streaming service is that on apple tv Okay, well, there's the well, the no, because it's Apple, and I refuse to give them any money. <laughs> same thing with uh, same thing with Amazon. Oh boy, come on. Oh boy. And Caleb, did you ever watch Foundation, uh, the Apple series? No, no. That's what I was gonna bring up. I was gonna, and I was also gonna ask, did y'all watch like the Battlestar Galactica 2003 series? He has. Yeah, I've seen it all. So, because, you know, this reminds me a lot of that. It reminds me of the, the stupid show, The 100. Um, reminds me of the Foundation series that came out some months ago mm. now. Uh, very much reminds me of Foundation. And I have not read the original Foundation. I, I've read about it, but I haven't read it. And it visually, I mostly like that Foundation series, that Apple series. But I understand... People who are fans of the source material, I understand why they don't like it. It's not because of the visuals. It's because um, they deviate so much. Adaptation. From the original text. Yes, they heavily adapt. They heavily adapt and rearrange things, create characters who were not in the original novel, alter events. So I get it. But if they had stuck true to it, visually, I think it's kind of awesome. Uh Mm-hmm. Looks oh, nice. pretty fantastic uh, for a sci-fi live-action series. Oh, but just for this this scene here, I I thought this was a great scene. Uh, what what do you think, Isaac? Because I really enjoy seeing we get a lot of fun interactions with the humans and these two differing uh, species. But I thought it was cool getting a scene with with just the two of them and how they're kind of because they're both neither one of them really feels much connection to Earth. It's kind of like. We could go back to Earth, like it's a place that we could live. We haven't found a lot of better options, but it's not like this super personal thing like it is for the humans. 
So I kind of like to see their detached quality so about it. Do these aliens? Do they exist on Earth? Um, when every before everything happened, or did they meet the aliens after they left Earth? Uh, I'll, I'll explain a little bit of it. I'll explain about them after uh, Isaac answers what I was what I was saying there. <laughs> yeah, I, I like the scene because it, th- there's a line there where both were saying like, yes, uh, or, or well, they were kind of like counter analyzing each other or counterpointing each other where it's like, ah, yes, mm-hmm. you, the Exels, um, I'm completely butchering these names, the Exels. Exifs. Uh, Exifs, thank you. Um, you you failed the, the Belisarians. Again, I completely. Bellis Saludo. <laughs> Bellis Saludos, thank you. Uh <laughs> See, I'm the one here who has problems <laughs> pronunciating uh, the Bill of Pseudos. Um, the, he was just like, SU Exifs uh, failed in converting everybody to your cult. And then the Exif just says, yes. And uh, you, uh, uh, what was it again? Oh, I, I missed this. It was something about uh, you failed yeah, to. Uh... No, 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 no. What was the, 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 the no, the, what was their name again? Oh, the Bill of Saludo. The Bill of Saludos, they, thank you. They, um, they failed in constructing Mechagodzilla in time. So it's just like, what's fun is it's both manipulations because he's like, oh, I know you Exos were using your religion to brainwash the humans. Yeah. And he's like, oh, I know you Bill Saludos were using your technology to take over Earth. Yes. <laughs> and they both I, failed. I love it. I love it. It's, it's... <laughs> That's so great. I know. That was fantastic. Uh, but for you, Eric. So Earth was being taken over by the monsters. Uh, the humans had no way to combat them. More and more cities and places were being destroyed. And then suddenly, out of the skies comes this, the Exifs. Exifs, fuck. These kind of super religious, kind of weirdo, detached race who have this god technology. And they're like, we can save you with this, but it doesn't quite work. And the next thing you know, these nope. Bill of Saludos shows up. And they're like, hey, we're like this warlike race. We can build this other technology, Mechagodzilla. He'll destroy Godzilla. But during construction, some sort of fuck up happens. And so they all just basically have to flee the planet on this, you know, Battlestar Galactica here, whatever you want to call it. I believe uh, I believe uh, Godzilla was attacking Godzilla at the time. And so they had to evacuate or else he would. Yeah, maybe it wasn't it. fully constructed. They yeah, it wasn't fully constructed. But why are both alien races now hanging out with the humans on the ship? Like, why weren't they on their own ships and went their own way or something? Because mm. they're immigrants. And are sorry, not even they're refugees. Refugees, and there's some hints, although I don't know if they say it here outright, that yeah. they're both victims of this a similar thing: monsters, um, eventually taking over the planets and destroying them. Do the humans know this at this uh, point? That's up in the air. See, that's another fun thing. It's very vague what the humans know because both races are very deceptive with any information that they can give to them. They kind of. I think that they both wanted to take over the humans and just kind of eradicate them. But then when it was like, oh, no, we all need to flee together. Let's they kind of needed each other to survive. And now this is starting to sound like some cosmic Marvel stuff, which I love. I'm big cosmic Galactus with Galactus out there. And now it's like we got the thralls and they're coming to Earth. And I forget the other alien race or the Chitauri, the Shi'ar. Yeah, yeah. Who else is there? Yeah, all that stuff. Exactly. So. That's now. Now my brain it feels like you're talking about that kind of stuff all of a sudden after you just explained this. <laughs> and part of why I absolutely love this is their take on Godzilla is basically that he is like this god being that eventually arises once a species becomes 
I, I don't know what cocky believing that they like they, they've damaged the earth or their planets and yeah, the the earth itself fights back basically. like i said it's like he's a celestial yeah, they all have a different perspective yeah uh, i have no problem with godzilla being a celestial that's amazing <laughs> yeah for the exifs they kind of see it as um when people view themselves as lords of creation that's when a cosmic avenger avenger or whatever shows up to humble them right right but the humans seem to be more like we've lost kind of track of our our mother planet and we failed her and that's why this arrives to uh you know either teach us a lesson or it's kind of confusing as to what they think it is so it's weird because you know these these are like biblical themes you know you're talking about Mm -hmm. but then it's also weird because going back to Battlestar galactica which kind of made this kind of trope popular do you guys know that like the origins of Battlestar Galactica, the original series, was it was cr- it was a ripoff of Star Wars? Well, yes, but the guy who wrote it and co- conceptually came up with it, it was he was Mormon, and so it was another sci-fi like allegory of of Mormons because in Battlestar Galactica they were the lost tribe of humans who got separated, and it was supposed to be like. Well, it was not stated as such, but it was an allegory for Mormons being the lost tribe of, of Christians who are separated from the main group and doing their own thing. Um, and it was like an allegory of like the Mormons coming to the new world and trying to establish themselves. And that's sort of what Battlestar Galactica was based upon. That sounds amazing. Oh, uh, say so. that's does amazing. it? <laughs> because just to uh, interrupt briefly. Yeah, go ahead. I, I love this moment too. Because we've had so much just build up and lots of debates about do we return to Earth? So many things are going wrong with the ship. Our most viable option, and there's constant debates is Godzilla still gonna be there? And this moment just yeah, just love this it. This is not the time to have this discussion. And we don't see him. Don't see him. <laughs> I don't think we even see him until like the after the hour mark, which is amazing. Yep. Yep. <laughs> they wait no. a long, long time. No, Jaws but... it, man. Just jaw it's not it's it's very similar to 45 uh for, sorry 45 54 it's very mm. similar to 54 where they will take the time to meticulously set everything up and then show the monster maybe show how mo- monstrous people are who knows i don't, I don't go any there eric sorry you we, we interrupted you no no no, no you're fine you're fine no it just i remember seeing this the first time this scene that caleb was just talking about and i you can't have that discussion now uh, do we turn back now? The, yeah, yeah. No, that makes no sense. It'd be like watching a zombie movie and we'd be going across the country trying to get to this island community and you're about to get there and you're like, wait a second, maybe we should go back. Like, what? <laughs> no, <laughs> we're on this course. <laughs> Just We've already had that that's, that's the things with these humans is there? there's really no leadership. They're all kind of lost in their, their fears and they're just like a broken people. And that's why we have Haru. Haru. How, how do you say his name? I always fuck Haru, I believe. Yeah, weird, weird name. We'll, 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 we'll get the actual pronunciation next uh, next one <laughs> by the sure. character himself. Yeah, a leader that you know hasn't quite had the ability to lead yet, but the person that they need, they just haven't realized him yet. And we first are introduced to his character by trying to blow the whole ship up. Right. Oh, and because we missed this too. Um, yeah, because he was trying to protect their moral integrity. Um, but so the Exos, like this weird race, they're always super mysterious and they've got their strange religion. Yeah, they're like the elves of this, I guess. 
part of the things that's been causing uh, trouble with the ship and one of the reasons they turned around is there was a thing released online which was like a detailed um, kind of attack plan and study of Godzilla's biology. And that one of those exos there uh, helped. Oh, oh, fuck, I'm always forgetting his name. Haru. Mephistopheles. Oh, Haru. Uh, <laughs> oh, sorry, other one. Yeah, Haru. Yeah, he, since he's on the council, he snuck all that details to him so he could write up his report because he realizes that Haru is the leader that they need. And so he's trying to secretly help him uh, get back to power. Anonymous thesis. That's what it was. An anonymous thesis. Yeah, and they're all pissed off about it because it really undermined their authority, but they also couldn't argue it because they're like, oh, fuck. <laughs> I guess he was kind of right. Whoever this was. Well, they they don't know that they're about to. They're about to find out, actually, as we as we see it, as Mephistopheles is talking here. Yeah, and like Isaac mentioned, um, this movie... The, th- the three of them all take kind of a different focus on like this first one really focuses on the humans. The second one really focuses on the Villa Saludo. The third one kind of focused on the Exif. So you really get a lot of kind of details on the ruination of the, the human race here. And I think all that stuff works really well. I see. Do you feel a similar way, Isaac? So Haru is the... Oh, sorry. <laughs> no, I just want to mention, I guess it's the Japanese word for... Um... The season spring, so it's spring. Uh, we uh, that's uh, that's a kind of spoil for the third one because I I remember that that's actually uh, they they talk about that. I'm not shocked. I mean that it is. I mean that's how anime tends to be with character names and things like that. Symbolism, (laughs) thematics, analogies, metaphors, philosophies, all this stuff is packed in here. But for you, Isaac, since you watched it earlier. Yeah, because again, like I mentioned, it's like probably about forty-five minutes before a monster shows up in this movie. Do you feel like that time is well spent? Do you feel it's really slow? And because I've seen people say that that they can't get into these movies because they're just like, ah, it's just like, like nothing happens for forever. Does that bother you that they spend so much time on like the kind of studying the human condition of this, the people here this time? It does absolutely not bother me at all this was perfect maybe not perfect but this is absolutely what i want to see more from film over here goodness gracious marvel please mcu please do this i haven't seen many dc films recently so i have no idea but please marvel Hmm. i'm begging you do this explain what you mean don't have to have yeah do this where you set things up for an hour before Hmm. any action scene happens and or set set your plot up first and then you can have everything and then the dominoes can fall marvel's not gonna please that's what i mean by this they're not gonna do that they won't they just, they can't they can't they're too homebred they're too they're too white bread anyway sorry yeah, and having so many different complex kind of like groups like this i think really helps make the time pass like i really love all the the differing kind of um, dynamics between these three races i think that stuff's super cool and again that's one of the reasons I think this might work better as a novel. Cause I feel like there could be more fleshing out between the three groups. And again, they, they do spread it out over the three movies and that does work. But for this first one, I feel like maybe people could be more pulled in if they knew more about the three groups this early on, rather than kind of waiting for the next two films, we get a good amount of it, but as far as playing to what Isaac was just requesting from MCU, 
Yes. Eternals sort of went down that road, if any Marvel movie has. Yes. I was going to say the same thing. I figured. They they sort of they sort of attempted it and sort sort of tried to pare back the action as much as they possibly could uh, for the MCU standards. And it seems to have mm-hmm. not gone over well <laughs> with audiences. Like trying to explain all these new concepts and, and these factions that nobody understands anything about and being pretty light on the action, really, it, I don't, it didn't seem like that worked out for people. Uh, the audiences at large. Yeah, we discussed it. I really liked it, but <laughs> yeah, I'm excited to see it one day. Um, it's basically people could not watch 2001 nowadays. Only certain select people will have to watch 2001. Well, 2001 was never, you know, a, a mainstream kind of yeah, exactly. film. That's true. As much as people may think it is now, I still think even now it's not. But true. I don't want to re- revisit the same conversation I brought up. 10 different times on podcasts, but uh, <laughs> I still feel like Interstellar never got its due because because uh, I understand why, but I do like that. But I, I think because I think it requires extra thought than than everything that is straightforwardly given to you in the movie. But people aren't oh, really taking the time. Tenet's the same thing. Uh, well, different stuff, but the same concept. I mean, I think I don't think people really gave it its gave it its due of like really thinking about it um seriously or breaking it down that and it was also you know the pandemic so yeah that's really oh uh just just briefly i like i like this character here uh commander leland yep another guy who i mean we don't really get too much about his backstory but he seems kind of like you know handpicked by this council that's not built by leaders he himself you know wants to be a leader more for glory than his real kind of calling to it you know so I, I think he has an interesting arc throughout the movie i wouldn't say it in a glory as in like a toxic masculinity type thing as much as i just triggered a bunch of people um <laughs> it's yeah it's it's not the yeah it's not the western view of glory it's i guess the japanese view of glory if that makes mm. any sense yeah it does yeah of course yeah. Ooh, another thing this reminds me of this conversation and this movie uh is the expanse because yes expanse. i haven't read the I haven't read the expanse but i've watched it and i haven't watched the new season that just came out not too long ago but but the expanse is like this in the sense that it very much gets into the politics of these different factions the earth the martians and the um the outer rim people um and their different points of view and they're dealing with a huge situation um and then also, if you watch the series, there's a, there's spells of episodes where it's like, dude, nothing is happening. Everyone's just talking and talking and setting things up. And you have to, like, get through it. And then, oh, now something's happening. Oh, here we go. The, what you've been waiting for. And and you also, you guys were saying earlier about this, like, yes, I agree. This would probably work in novel form, even though... I don't read novels anymore these days, but also I think for me personally, I would be much more engaged in this if it was actually live action and done well and everything mm-hmm. was exactly the same, the story, the concept, and I don't want to live action done by a Western studio, no offense, Eastern live action studios, but that stuff is usually a turnoff in general. 
um, when they adapt things. Uh, for me, ugly American. Uh, but uh, I would be much more engaged with this, I think, if it was done like the Foundation live action series or the Expanse live action series. I'd be more invested in the slow moments, I think. Yeah, I, I think for me, I just a lot of the artifice of CGI with live action puts me off just in general a lot more than it does a lot of other people. So I'm, I'm CGI looks better than any MCU film. What? And it works so much better because you don't have people matted into uh, yep. places that they're not really at. Yeah. Isaac shares a lot of my discomfort with that super fake. Well, quality. I'm not talking about MCU. I don't like that in MCU, the, the fake the fake CGI stuff, but like in the old Battle or two thousand three Battle of Star Galactica, they did as much as they could to make things seem real, uh, like with a little bit of camera trickery. Because if you remember, you know they shot it like in a handheld type style, almost like a what do you call it? Um, when you have the reporters go out to the in real life, reporters go out to the um, to the front and stuff, and and. Re- almost like a documentary handheld type style to try to mask the CGI mm-hmm. and make it seem more realistic and grounded. Um, but then when you have shows like the expanse, but then even furthermore with a uh, discovery and foundation, they seem to have insane budgets now that they can make like movie quality stuff. Um, in those shows. It does help that these streaming services have with Amazon and Apple TV. They don't just do, they, they aren't just TV services. They're, they're also like Apple music or it's Apple, the product itself and Amazon sells things online. So that, that kind of helps their production value. Yeah. Their budget. Yeah. Right? Yeah. But I mean, but what I'm saying is they pull it off. So where the CGI is not a distraction in these. Yeah. I think, I think all this opening stuff on the ship would have been totally fine. It's once we get to the monsters that I'm sure would have broken down and looked terrible. Like, I just I just don't think that that stuff comes across well in live action. Those super CGI-heavy kind of action pieces. It's not perfect. So much of that stuff. It's just visual noise. But they do really well with, with Netflix Witcher as far as monsters and things. CGI. Oh, uh, I, I should quickly... Uh... Oh, and, and of course, uh, Mandalorian and Boba Fett as well. Yeah, yeah, for the most part, yeah. Monsters and CGI. There's there uh, there's there's something there's something about Mandalorian. I tell you what, man, there's something about it uh, that just doesn't get me. There's something on that. I don't I can't tell you what it is, but this looks more real and human like than than anything in the Mandalorian from what I've seen so far. I tell you what, man. <laughs> what's your I don't what's your hot take on on James Cam- James Cameron's uh Avatar in regards to what we're talking about? With this, I mean, it's CGI. No, but I mean, because some people think visually Avatar is amazing, and other people are like, fuck no, this animated cartoon shit with humans. So, like, which end of the spectrum do you fall on uh, for Avatar? Um, I liked the basic story when I saw it in theaters back in the day, like 10 years ago. Um, are you sold on the now, visuals? I have yet to go back. Well, yeah, he's asking about the visuals. Oh, well, I really couldn't care less. Um, it was what it was. I was watching a movie and there were visual effects and I just well, treated them yeah. as what they were. But I mean, yeah. like you said, like, like what we're watching right now, the Godzilla movie is to you, like very realistic, very, you know, amazing animation as opposed to those other, 
like you said, Mandalorian or whatever doesn't work for you. Well, but, it's so okay. the, the Avatar visually. Let's see. They use they use Weta, correct? Who? Cameron, he used Weta, correct? Um, I'm gonna confirm that right now. Let's see. I'm pretty sure he did because if he used Weta, it's the same thing I have with Alita Battle Angel. Uh, that movie works for me visually. Um, despite whatever he says about the eyes, I I subjectively personally like how she looks in that film, uh, even if it's intentional. Maybe the eyes could have been smaller, but again, I think that was the point to make her eyes that big. There's <laughs> there's in universe logic to that. Oh, that so is the point. Know. That is the point. Like, for sure. Yeah, I'll just, I'll quickly answer Isaac's uh, question there. I think all the stuff with the Navi looks fantastic. It's just whenever humans have to be matted in with them and they're, they're mechs or whatever, it's just, it's so obvious that they're not there that it takes me out of the movie. That's well, that's always my problem is it's incredibly obvious that people are matted in with CGI effects and it just stands out really horribly to my eyes. Weta did work on Avatar and it, they folk they were focused on doing the um the flora and fauna of the planet uh pandora they used their massive um stuff software that they had created and then they modified it to um develop like the landscape of the planet mm. oh but uh, just to talk about this little forest here i think this stuff is also super duper cool this whole forest that's been kind of it, it what is it kind of emulating Godzilla's or whatever? Yes, this is amazing. So first up, this should have been the forest in uh, this should have been the forest moon of Endor, and then the uh, <laughs> then the Ewoks would have had a chance against oh, the God. Empire. Though then I would question why the Empire went here instead uh, and did not wipe the uh, natives out. Uh, but whatever, that's fine. Yes. So the idea is that uh, based on the apex predator of the planet itself, or whoever's in charge slash who has like a really like big influence on the environment itself. The environment will kind of through, you know, adaptation and evolution as it's called, um, it will start to mimic similar characteristics to it. Kind of spoilers for this one uh, further in the movie and the next movie <laughs> as they explain it. Yeah. The, the apex kind of the being that is like the Lord of creation for their planet. They just have complete influence over the environment when humans had it, they converted all the landscapes to roads and they're filled with their buildings, push back the nat natural world. When Godzilla has it, he turns everything into him, basically. Okay, oh yeah, hold on. Which is so cool. So what you're saying <laughs> is this planet is the result of the influence of Godzilla kind. It was how a world would exist without humans, but just the uh, the kaiju. Is that what you're saying? Whoever the dominant species is of the planet rules the planet, and the planet um, takes on appearances and traits after that uh, dominant species. Yeah, so we didn't. But is that it. because that's what this planet does? Like, you know, like in other words, if humans were the apex people on this planet, the planet would adapt to humans. Well, it's it's more metaphorical in its its way because again, you look at the world. Okay, that's what I'm trying to figure out. Yeah, you look at the okay. world that we live in today. I mean, what's what's it shaped by? Humans. Everything has been kind of pushed back sure. and kind of uh, made. made That's what I was saying. I didn't know if you meant it literally or metaphorically. 
Um, well, I mean, recent times, it seems the planet doesn't like the fact of what we've been doing to it. So, uh, you know, potentially an outcome like this could happen. I'm not saying, you know, a giant monster is going to start coming out and doing because it's most likely we'll like end ourselves right. instead of, you know, something else coming to us because we do that every day. So it's highly possible we'll be the ones to exterminate ourselves. But go on, Caleb, you're going to see something. Yeah, then we get this cool moment here where. They come across what they think initially is ruins of human civilization, but it was just that the growth had basically fossilized over its shape and held the shape of their ruins, even though the ruins are long gone, which kind of comes to one of my problems with the movie is uh, it's only been what, like 12 years since they left Earth. 22 years. When they came back. 22 years. 22 years. But when they came back just due to like their kind of jumping through space. Um, thousands of years have passed on earth but instead of what it probably should have been which is like a couple hundred thousand years it's only been twenty thousand years twenty thousand years yes. why do you say it should be like 100 instead of twenty thousand well they even make comments like oh it's been ten thousand years of course the climate of the world has to change pretty dramatically and I mean, really, that's just not not the case. I mean, <laughs> the climate is a much more slowly slowly changing thing. Ten thousand years is really not that much time at all. Anybody seen ten thousand BC? <laughs> For this whole planet to have changed the way that it has, I think it would have been a lot more believable if it was at least like fifty thousand years. I agree what you're saying. So, what is it actually in, in terms of the movie? How much time has actually passed on the planet? 20,000 years. I'm pretty sure they say 20,000 years, yeah. yeah. Okay. Okay. Mm. Yeah, and Godzilla's radiation has basically, yeah, it's changed the whole planet. The plants kind of mimic him. These creatures here that we see here are kind of him in a way too. Like they're all they're all completely shaped by him. Ooh, there might be some shots behind here that are just matted shots, like just like paint yep. paintings. That's pretty cool. Yeah, just digital paint. That is some good fire effects, by the way. Yeah, the fire does look pretty cool. Yeah, and you can, and, and it's like, oh, well, how is this birds? Again, there's, they could be spawns of Rodan, maybe, and they took after Godzilla, who knows, because, uh, spoilers, I don't know. Uh, you know, there's, there's giant monsters on this earth, so it's highly possible that this is just another, like, giant monster itself. Yeah, although it is kind of made clear that Godzilla basically wiped them all out. <laughs> and he just it's all him now <laughs> sad very sad save for maybe a few i don't know present spoilers we'll go into that later yeah instead of king of the monsters this time godzilla's a god of the monsters it's more like god of this planet yeah <laughs> yeah and again just super cool sci-fi concepts that i was not expecting with this this flick at all coming in initially Yeah, no, I think one thing with the CGI itself, um, it, it really kind of painted a picture of how this world was going to look. Um, there are these, like, maybe not clean, but there are these just, it, it, everything looks bare, and I think that's all intentional. Everything kind of has the life sucked out of it, and I think there is a reason for that. Hmm. Um, it's not, like, it intentionally yeah. is sucking the life out um, just because and and maybe Hutter is right where his his big goal here is to you know give humanity its balls back basically because <laughs> we've been we've been mm -hmm. basically cast, uh, castigated um 
pasture, whatever you want to call it. Um, we're, we no longer have the fighting spirit. Um, again, maybe it's more, that's more Japanese thinking than it is, you know, worldwide thinking. Cause you know, we're all, but again, this is cultures. This is a cultural film. So, you know, it's going to have cultural ideas based off the creators. Yeah. And I think the subtext makes it clear that the reason that the humans have kind of lost their essence of life is that they left their planet, mother earth, and that they need it to, that it thrives when they thrive and they thrive because of it. And so it's, again, it's reaching back to those kind of classic Japanese kind of environmentalist kind of uh, driven messages. Very much. Cause now it's, now I feel like we're talking about another, like a new Final Fantasy game or something. <laughs> yeah, it's it's Maybe. core for so much of this stuff. But again, that's why I was saying they kept kind of true to the essence of Godzilla in that way by still feeding into that kind of narrative that stretches all the way back to 54. Yep. Again, yeah, what, what people should be doing is they look back at 54 and what it did, but doesn't copy exactly what it did just took the message and said, okay, what can we do with that? And like any, an X, Y, Z setting. Uh, in this case, it's the future. And we've come back due to relativistic ways of, of traveling in light speeds. And uh, Godzilla now runs the planet. Go. What is, what, what, where's the story here? Right. Oh, and this is, this is kind of a weird scene here. Cause uh, the commander there, he's like, oh, those, those guys showed up. They really fucked up our equipment. So it's time to retreat. And Haru's clearly really pissed off trying to say, hey, you can't retreat. Like, we're back home and you immediately want to leave. And then the Exif guy shows up and he's like, oh, yeah, let's well, let's go through the plan of retreat. Turns out he can't do it at all. <laughs> and this guy already knew. So why do you even say that he wanted to retreat? I think it was mostly, okay, uh, I agree. It's it's one of those, like, inverse things, like, as you know. Like, what was it just a, yeah. as you know? <laughs> I think it was almost yes and no. I think it was more the fact he, the Exif knew uh, or Metastopheles knew that um, what Leland was thinking, but he's like, okay, listen, let's let's really think this out. Let's think this through. You're telling me that we're gonna evacuate because of X, Y, Z, but also the fact that things are damaged, like most of our transport ships are damaged, and we can't actually leave mm -hmm. the planet, even though we could technically take you know parts of each ship and you know, then go back up there. But whatever. Um, you, you're, you're suggesting all this, and you want to retreat. And then Leland's just like, uh, I see you've backed me into a corner. I see what you're going at. Yeah, the annoying thing, though, is he already knows all of it, too. I mean, maybe maybe he just wasn't putting it together, but it's kind of like, why bother saying let's retreat when you know that you can't retreat? Except just... Well, to... it also could just be, like, him to save face with Hutter there. Like, he wanted to seem like he was in charge when really he wasn't. And this is more a dressing down scene of Leland himself as a character. Yeah, yeah, that's that's true. And and again, it's to show that this society doesn't have any real leadership. Even the people who are in charge have no direction or any sort of will to, you know, take action themselves. It, yeah, it really almost is a scene of um, of Stoffley's, um bringing up and 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 lifting up Haru himself um, mm. and making Haru's point rather than um, Leland's point, and just saying like Leland, listen, you're yeah, you're you're basically what is it yeah big puss you're not just that but yeah you're you're a nobody um you, you randomly got selected for this job and you know you want the glory and all here's why your plan doesn't work and here's why Haru is going to succeed because he is mm -hmm. so driven and he's so like 
he, he has a plan and he has ambition and desire. And that's why I follow him just because of, of, of all of X, Y, Z. Yeah. And he almost frames it as like, like a religious prophecy in his, uh, his mind. <laughs> yes. He's like, <laughs> I like that. There's these select few that are like destined to lead and few humans have it, but I see it in you. But again, they're the exifs. I mean, you can't necessarily trust anything that they're saying. Cause they're very manipulative in their way, which we'll uh, yeah, get we'll to more that. once we get to the rest of the series. But <laughs> And if you say it's like, oh, it's a prophecy, that's from a different culture. That's not so much like, and, and Howder himself has not really been, um, maybe he's been influenced by Mephistopheles himself, but he's not been like told this lie this whole time. This is like from day one because like, oh, and why is Howder like this? It's because as he was leaving um, the earth, like, you know, 22 years ago, um, he saw Godzilla basically destroy uh, and and use his atomic breath to wipe out his his parents. And he's yep. uh, just been completely deranged to to uh to see the end of Godzilla. Oh my gosh, this is the Jindaran origin story. Well, I also wanted to mention <laughs> Go on Caleb, what were you going to say? Oh, uh, I like that one scene earlier that, that we were talking about with the I forget what the Bill of Saludo's name was in that scene with um, Mistopheles or whatever here when they're having that kind of like kind of that distant conversation of, oh, are we going to go back to Earth and we don't really care about Earth? And I did like that there was a subtle hint that the Bill of Saludo didn't think that he even believed his religion and he didn't even like combat it. He just kind of ignored it. Maybe not religion, but his uh, his philosophy and or his mentality and way of thinking at that point. Well, they they at least frame it as a as a religion they're always doing their little prayers. The Bill Saludos or the the Exifs? The Exifs. Okay, because you said Bill Saludos. I'm like, what? what? Yeah, the, the Bill Saludo was kind of making hints that this Mephistopheles guy doesn't believe in his religion. Oh, yes. Right. Yeah, that's true. You're right. Sorry, you're right. So again, we'll get to some more of that kind of examining their, their uh, group once we get to the third film. But... Yes. That's for there. It's this film that really dresses down humanity and you know, again, give you hashtag give humanity their balls back, make humanity great again. Yeah, it dresses down. And then at the same time, we see kind of their symbol of of hope and symbol of the fighting spirit kind of returning kind of the new hope, if you will. <laughs> what happens after that is another story. Will it be will, will, will this be a fairy tale? I, I have no idea. Oh, did her, did her, did her. Yeah, so I guess, I guess is this one we're finally going to see? Yeah, I think Godzilla's coming up pretty soon here, and yeah, we're almost at the hour mark. Yeah, uh, we sort of see him, and yeah, we're, okay, yeah, no, there he is. So it's been 53 minutes, so. Yeah, about 54. Yeah, 54 yeah. minutes, right. Um, Yeah, I was wrong, so it wasn't, uh, and yet, yeah, prologue doesn't count. Um, Yeah, it wasn't an hour, it's been 50, but my point remains pretty is close. that, you know, it's why I like Jaws. Uh, Jaws does an amazing job of hiding the shark. Even though we get shark attacks, it hides the shark from us before, you know, you're going to need a bigger boat. Yeah, and builds up the tension in the characters, spends a lot of that screen time just kind of, you know, making the big climax worth it. It's not just... An alien, also. Alien too, yep. Sometimes you get to a big climax and it's like, okay, it's time to go to sleep now. 
like again like we mentioned a lot of the marvel movies by the time we get to the climax i'm just like okay i'm ready to kind of just fast forward this i don't care about this action uh no by the time you get to the climax you're like just okay so what's the next movie about you don't even you're not even care you don't even care about like the the third act you're just like all right so what's the next movie again that was that was end game for me what you're saying is generally true oh that was not end game for me <laughs> but um I was going to say, it's generally true, except if you're like watching like the new Spider-Man, for instance. We're going down. We're going down. You mean Spider-Man Shattered Dimensions? Well, sure. <laughs> I, I'm sorry. I'm calling it that. It's not called No Way Home. It's called Spider-Man Shattered. Anyway, whatever. No Way, no way Home was great. I agree. I'm not going to fast forward through the end of that movie. And it... There was some real... There was some real Doctor Who vibes to that movie. Oh, boy. And there he is. So... You've survived. Especially the scene when there's some sitting around and uh, just like, you know, doing the putting together the formulas. That felt like some. I was like, God damn. But anyway, yeah, here's Godzilla. Oh, that's also Spider-Man stuff, too. Uh, I mean, that aspect. There's a certain element of it that feels like certain uh, Doctor Who, if you know what I mean. But but not to spoil too much. Yeah, exactly. Um, but no, I do. But that's that's probably why. I, Dan Slot uh, loved writing Spider-Man so much. Yeah, Slot's someone who I couldn't really get into much with Spider-Man, but but I do love the design for Godzilla here. I think this looks super cool. It took me a while to kind of accept it. Like I really didn't like it the first viewing, but I've come around quite a bit. Uh, it's interesting that you know twenty twenty thousand years have passed. Um... And this is all we get. <laughs> he remains basically the same. That's uh, that's pretty interesting. Well, well, like we'll we'll see how that turns out. But... Oh yeah, rule of three. By the way, this is the yeah exactly. Uh, rule of three here. By the way, we're gonna there's all three movies have nose dives. Uh, so this is the first setup here. Oh yeah, <laughs> and uh, it sort of didn't work. Uh, what do you think of the fact that in this this version of Godzilla, it's not he doesn't have atomic breath in the same way? It's an adaptation thing. What do you think of the adaptation? Oh, oh, I'll talk about that in a second. Okay. What did you feel about uh, this this turn here? Just because it's happening on screen. Oh, like the turn itself, like as he turns. Yeah, because Haru is about to kill himself, and in order to, because all they all they're trying to do here is figure out when. Because there's like a shield of protection that's always around Godzilla, but right before he fires his atomic breath, it weakens. Yes, this, uh, yeah, this AT field is, you know, it's an AT field, and Godzilla has yeah, it. So he was about to, he was about to kill himself in order to discover it, but just before he did, yeah, yeah, <laughs> Leland steps in and decides to. I guess he's been inspired by hope, and decides to sacrifice himself so that the real leader can take over. I guess in a way, basically. Or, or maybe it's just to be like, "Hey, I'm the leader of this mission. It's my responsibility to sacrifice myself." I see the ship going down. Either way, I thought that was a nice, a nice moment for that that character, and again, showing that Haru's kind of inspiring and kind of awakening the people to, uh, you know, actually fight back, giving their drive back, basically. Yeah. But what were you saying about the uh, the atomic breath? Oh, just what did you think of how it's coming from his dorsal fins or an electromagnetic field instead of like mm. from his mouth? Oh, I love it. I think it looks great. I love it too. <laughs> I, think it's, I think it's, I think I actually like it a little more than the atomic breath, but um, I'm not going to like throw the atomic breath away. 
I mean, it is the atomic press, but and just the way you can see the field building around him. That's that some of that stuff just looks incredible. I wish they they didn't say it in this film, but I wish they had the two heart thing where he's got or not two heart thing, two brain thing where he's got like one brain mm. and he's got the other. And I really wish we did that, but whatever, that's that, that's fine. Oh, what do you think of the mu- music in this movie? By the oh, way? yes. Um I th- I was thinking to myself, is this like a, since I've seen some, you know, some of the classic um Showa era films with you guys? A few others, of course. Uh, I was wondering, like, is this supposed to be? And even like back then, when I first watched this, before I've seen all those films, uh, is this more trying to be? Obviously, it's trying to do its own thing, but is it also trying to call back to some pieces from any of the show mm. era films or any of the other eras of films? And I think yes, like, is this is it a classical orchestral score? Yes and no. It's uh, got some beats to it that are. Uh, classical scores and then other beats that are modern day uh, but I think work for it also anything that has to do with future stuff you're going to get like you know synthesizers and guitar riffs and I think that works a lot um, especially in the second film yeah I don't think they actually use any direct cues from the previous movies but they're working in like the same key which I think is cool a cool way to reference it without actually just repeating themes yeah, I love the this the music for this. I think it's I think it's great. Really builds up that kind of uh little understated but also kind of epic tone to it. I think it's a great little kind of backbone to the to the movies. Yeah, if you if you took the music away, you'd probably there there would be something missing. Mm. Whereas if you took the music away from Doctor Strange, um nothing would happen. Nothing would change. <laughs> oh jeez. I am absolutely so much just... MCU talk. <laughs> But uh, I wanted to ask you again, uh, what do you think about Yuki or Yuko? I'm absolutely just unabashedly hating on it. I'm so sorry. I know. I'm trying to, I've been trying to get away from it. Most <laughs> of the time. I swear I love Winter Soldier. Winter Soldier is still my favorite. Um, Yuko. It's an actual, it's an actual real movie. Yuko. Yes. Um, okay. One, him, she mentions grandfather um, hmm. to, to Haru. And I'm like, okay, these two aren't siblings, right? Or related. Because uh, there's uh, that'd be something, but I guess you know, hey, whatever. It's, it's it, free love, man. I guess. Um, oh God, no! It's not Luke and Leia. Uh, yeah, or cousins. <laughs> uh, who knows? Um, but no. you know, it's it's it, is she just a female love interest? Is she the only female? Like people say, oh well, how come there's not like a a main female in the council or something like that? I have no answer for you on that. Why aren't there female uh, Bilisarians or Exifs? Uh, I have no answer for you. <laughs> um, is she well, the only female in this movie? Technically, yes. Till next movie, but um, mm. her character here, uh, <laughs> in the Japanese, of course, she's referring to Haru as a senpai, um, which I forget the term for that. Um, I think it's yeah, like teacher. Teacher, yeah. Uh, which I, I, she certainly sees him as like a leader, of course, I guess giving him the respect, uh, he, I don't deserves, but certainly has, um, and she follows him, uh, but really, I think this is set up for her first and we'll see her character kind of grow, I don't know, set like, you know, set up or anything mm. like that, but we'll actually see her character kind of grow more in the second film. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think she's much here. Even some of the connections with her and Haru feel vague. Like, like you said, I also thought 
are they siblings? Because yeah, the whole grandpa thing. Now again, that's that's a translation thing. It may may be like something else in Japanese. And it also just um, has to do with the fact that I think her grandpa was the one who was speaking to Haru, who was like, "It's okay. I we all want to kill ourselves. It's all good, man." Uh, but I thought that was also his grandfather in the flashback, though. Oh, was it? Maybe her grandpa was just on that that boat. Then I wasn't too sure. It was a little true. Vague. It, yeah, it was a little again. It in like if you speak Japanese, it probably makes perfect sense. I don't know if what they did with an English dub. Not that I'm saying it fixes it, but like I don't know if the English dub did something similar to it, or it's like where where Yuki would say your grandfather. Yeah, I was just curious what you thought about her because we hadn't mentioned her at all, and she is kind of a, no, a yeah. central figure in these movies. And so. we did, yeah, we did set her up like pretty early on, actually, uh, at least with you know screenshots of like, oh hey, there she, the, the camera's focused on her, and her character is kind of sort of standoutish ish. I don't know. Yeah, especially as the movies go on, she definitely yeah comes into her own more. Let's give Eric uh, the floor. Eric, do you have anything to say? Sir? Yeah, I was going to say, I feel bad for that. We're kind of because Eric doesn't really have a lot to say. I feel bad. Kind of stuff, so. <laughs> no, I've just been listening and taking it all in. No, no, no. I'm fine. Worry about me. What do you think of this uh, Godzilla design? It looks fantastic as far as I can tell. Looks fantastic. Um, keeping in with <laughs> keeping in line with uh, kind of how Godzilla has looked like since Shin because uh, I haven't seen the movies that precede Shin, like right, right before, or like, like the end of the mm. whatever era that the millennial era, or it's not millennial, but millennium or whatever. <laughs> yeah, millennium. Um, I haven't seen the end of the millennium era, so I don't know exactly what the aesthetic was there. But this just looks like an exaggerated version of like Shin Godzilla, um, and how Godzilla mm. sort of looks in, in the new American films as well just a yeah an evolved version of that i guess looks great looks great um yeah i love it i th- I think it looks great too oh actually you reminded me now that you mentioned the millennium era i almost completely forgot the composer who did the music for this also did the music for uh godzilla 2000 so yes that's right i forgot about that yeah i remember oh, that geez. like looking that up where like the uh yes the composer did two other godzilla films or at least godzilla properties by this point this being his like third i guess oh i love those beams his atomic breath is so cool even the sound it makes is cool yeah it's it's also nice and i love that it it seems like it can even like like maybe penetrate out of the planet like it goes so high up well i, I don't think they know. Yeah, I don't think they get into that in, in this this movie here. But yeah, not yet at least. I'm going to spoil anything. Yeah, things aren't always as they seem. I also like the technology in this movie. Like early on, we saw the uh, documents that uh, Mephistopheles was slipping to a Haru in the prison. I thought that was it was like one little chip, but he could pull it out to be this whole like screen. I thought that stuff was pretty cool. Yeah, it's it's, you know, kind of MCU Iron Man stuff. Um, <laughs> don't worry, I'm not going to say better. I'm just going to say like yeah, it's, it's MCU. It's MCU Iron Man stuff. Um, I think it's yeah, it's it's the technology here is presented as grounded. I'd say there's not too many things that seem unrealistic. I'd say like, OK, yes, they have relativistic technology, warp technology 
it's like oh why don't they just like use that technology to trap godzilla in and then like send him into the future or something like that in space i like that the bill of saluto called humans a belligerent species like has he looked at a mirror <laughs> yeah isn't he being emotional right now <laughs> golly gee look at his arms yeah his arms are yoked yeah he's yeah he's ripped he's a real real big boy beefy god damn i love that yeah he's got bigger arms than in uh yeah he's got bigger arms than in um american like 2014 excuse mm. me um i think his feet are probably a little better than 2014 i'll say that he doesn't so much look like a bear but he's certainly a big gigantic chungus like absolute <laughs> unit of a thing <laughs> yeah they definitely have a bigger emphasis emphasis on like a fatter godzilla in the modern era even the uh, the legendary ones also have that kind of focus as well. It's the whole weight thing of like, let's he, this this thing is huge, so like let's make it huge. Yeah, and I think this Godzilla here, this I think he's the biggest you've ever seen. Uh, uh, yeah, um, I, this one. Well, actually, no. Yeah, legendary. I think is bigger. Yeah, it's like four fifty or something. Yeah, four fifty meters or whatever. Um, this one's only around three hundred. Are uh, feet like this one here? Yeah, three hundred feet. Yeah, yeah three hundred feet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. Um, yeah, I think they released a actually. Yeah, I think either when they, re, yeah, yeah, it was when they when this one launched. I think they actually released like similar to what they do in certain like you'll see this everywhere like with science science fiction like let's show how big like each you know class of starships or star cruisers are in comparison to these are like here's what the enterprise looks like in comparison to a yeah. um, a star destroyer um and in this we had what is it uh yeah we had all the godzillas lined up to each other like you know they were you know <laughs> what what is it a um uh a crim- not a criminal board what's that thing called a height board uh if you're at the police station whatever it is um and they had like all these here and yeah i think either shin or legendaries was bigger than this hmm. oh but i just wanted to also point out because we have kind of this big extended battle sequence um i like that it's not just visual noise then we spend a lot of time like with them discussing their plan and executing it caleb what do you mean exactly <laughs> So, I mean, they're constantly like, okay, this is what this squadron has to do. This is what this one has to do. And then, like, we even saw them, you know, kind of all the troops kind of lined up and him directing, okay, you're going to lead this group. This is what you need to do. And again, it's not just visual noise. (laughs) Like a lot of big action scenes are where it's, I don't even necessarily know what's going on. In uh, Western media, you're saying. Uh, I'm sure it's in other Godzilla movies, Japanese ones. That's fair. No, you got a point. How many times do we see just nonsense? Let's send in all the troops. And it's like, oh boy. It's for the sake of action itself. Here comes the dumb army guys who can't do a goddamn thing and they're just wasting their military budget again. <laughs> like you get so much of that in Godzilla. Yeah, we actually... So it's nice that these people have a plan and you know are trying to execute it and it's... It's actually the focus of the thing. It's not just Godzilla just plowing through endless troops. That's just kind of there for the fun of watching him plow through them. Speaking of which on endless troops, they actually give a number here. Um, there was around 4,000 yeah. people on um, the atrium or obviously that ship. And then 
the council was arguing with Hutter, like, yeah, you're going to like kill us all. Like it's a suicide mission. He's <laughs> like with my, you know, thesis and my plan, I only need 600 volunteers, like 600 people. And I like that. Yeah. They really spend the time on the, the details of everything in this movie. Again, yeah. one of the things I really like. Yeah. So we, we, you know, maybe by the end of this, we only have like half the crew potentially. I yeah. Hopefully know. <laughs> You're gonna bury me under dirt. Yeah, they even said that before this battle, they'd already lost like twelve people, and there was thirty-five injured who couldn't, you know, participate in the battle. Really. Yep. So you know, they really yeah break it down. Yeah, and I love like again, we're kind of past the point of that return, I guess, but we 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 see like fortification happening from the engineers. I kind of like that. I don't know why we just we see all the planning and the setup itself for for this. Basically, it's all all the setup is for this scene itself. Yep. Even then, like stuff's not going right. Not right now, at least. But like, yeah, there was stuff that wasn't going right. Uh, so they had to be dynamic. Yeah. And again, I could see I could see people being like, oh, why do you care that that so much? There's like a whole hour where nothing really happens is boring. And I, I get that perspective. But for me, uh, I I just really enjoy seeing it, all the pieces come together and them slowly laying them down and just feeling kind of the mood and the malaise of where the human race is at this point. I think all that stuff's really cool. If anybody's ever played chess, this is pretty much the end game. Like the, there, there's a reason why you play chess. Yeah. And well, and I love when I guess we'll wait till we get to the end, yes. but yeah, 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 yeah. No, no, no not, <laughs> yeah. not just yet. Not just yet. <laughs> sure. Is there a lot of, <laughs> is there a lot of lens flares here? I don't think so. I think there's a, no, I, yeah, if there is any lens flares, I think it's a good amount natural enough i'd say damn they got him pinned they certainly got him pinned and here they are yeah waiting for him to lower his shield by yeah they got him all locked up in place you gotta wonder that where it, it was really funny especially when we watched shin godzilla and mm. you know they had their way of dealing with him there and i love the fact that they completely have a brand new way of dealing in with uh this godzilla here but again maybe it's just a different godzilla in of itself i mean yes that yeah this godzilla is completely different than shin godzilla and it's funny you mention that because a lot of the complaints that i see for this movie also get put on that movie where they're like it's so detailed focused and nothing happens they're obsessed with just setting things up and again people find that stuff boring but i think it's absolutely fascinating in that movie to watch all the systems come into place and how everyone has to react i think that stuff's just wonderful in that film i absolutely agree with you as well yeah i think we're we're a hive mind basically it's like yes this is this is what we want more of Mm -hmm. yes give me more senpai or whatnot eric what do you think of this what what do you think of this right now i don't know (laughs) i mean I'm still taking it in, like first viewing, you know, and yeah. What where's about if that part of me for another go? Where's about you uh, stopped? Um, about when they first got to the planet, and and oh wow, yeah, it was like I don't know, forty minute mark, forty five minutes, somewhere back there. It's been a while, and then yeah, this has all been new. And see, and I wasn't paying attention, I guess, in those first viewings. Because so much of what y'all have been discussing, I had no idea. Um, when the the couple times I attempted to watch this before, I didn't even realize that there was like the three different race thing going on. Um, until that's I heard fair. You guys talk about it, and it's obvious now. But I just 
Didn't even realize. Yeah, I mean, some people probably would argue like, oh, they should have made the Belisarians and the uh, Exifs look um, like way more different, but they were all supposed to be humanoid. Yeah, and I could totally see if you miss a lot of that stuff, why you wouldn't be super engaged by the time you got 40 minutes in. It'd be like, ah, nothing's really happening. So I totally get that that perspective. Oh, I, I like those little falling bits of material. It looked, uh, it almost looked like it wasn't CGI. <laughs> you maniac, you blew it all up. Godzilla, all you to hell. Okay. <laughs> Which, by the way, people don't give enough credit for how absolutely well delivered that that whole scene is by Hessen. That's some. That's such. Yeah, yeah. Whatever. It still brings tears to my eyes watching that scene. He's just Ex- so impassioned. The problem is that people have only taken that scene because it's iconic mm. air quotes and like put it over everything and like made fun of it to death, like memed it to death. That's what it means yeah, I, to be a meme, where they just take one part and no context at all and just stick it like there. And then it just, it, yeah, no, like, again, people just don't understand. And I love that after he's had his whole kind of rage breakdown, you just hear the waves as the movie slowly ends. Yep. That's some incredible stuff. No, no music either. That's amazing. Whereas like this, I guess, yeah, there's two points. Like, w- would this have been like even better if there was no music almost where we kind of like just sit we just heard the folly and we heard the sound effects maybe that would have probably been Hmm. something else but i'm not saying it would have taken like the music being here would have taken away but yeah this moment in particular probably could have been slightly better without the music yeah i agree or maybe you weren't saying that yeah (laughs) i was yes and no i'm saying uh i think it could have gone both ways where you would have had some like the scene look completely different had the music not been there whereas uh there if you had the music still it's the standard like triumphs triumphant stuff yeah sorry just it sounds to, different uh, to me than stuff yeah go ahead just interrupt you so the whole movie it's been super super cold lots of whites lots of there was green but it was definitely muted there's fog i love that in their moment of victory we finally get warmth yeah because we said they, they there was a line there was like why is there all this fog here like we can't even see like the sun coming down here it's not even gonna pierce the and then like as if to say like you know yeah like metaphorically speaking the victory like defeating godzilla means that like (laughs) dark souls terms like the fog is now like gone you know this boss is away yeah and so the like the frost over their species is kind of broken and now they're kind of the triumph is kind of bringing them back to life in a way just just visually speaking with the colors to get to the ecosystem breaks down it's like the end of princess mononoke when the deer uh is shot the night walker is shot yeah maybe that's getting a little bit my ass with the you know the the color choices but i I think it's i think that's what it kind of translates to me at least when i'm watching it also i i actually wish there was like Maybe this is personal effect, of course, but I wonder if there should have been like more time, like at least three minutes or something like that devoted to like a victory rather than this part here of like, mm. well, we beat it so easily. Don't you think that what's that sound? Well, I, I like I like it because it just establishes that they really are like this is only one front of the battle that they're going to have to fight to take this world back. Oh, of course. Yeah, no, it's like I. I almost want like a, a, a and how do we kind of gave this to uh, with Adam here of like, yeah, you know, it wasn't so easy. I, I kind of just wish we had like him sitting down and kind of crying almost that he beat Godzilla. Hmm. 
that might have been nice. Uh, and then his family is avenged. That's what I mean by. I'm not even saying like take this away. No, I'm just saying like maybe like a personal him him opening up and him showing emotion. Not that he's not emotional. Yeah. I'm just saying like that he kind of feels a sense of accomplishment. Yeah, I think that would have been better actually. Yeah, I agree. But this this is yeah, incredible. And then and then and then Adam comes in and is like so I've been thinking about it. I've been like taking it's been a few minutes since the battle's over and I just had this stupid thought of like, you know, 20 year 20,000 or you know, 20 yeah, 20,000 years have gone by on this earth and it's supposed to reflect Godzilla, right? Well, you know, humans adapt in like 20,000 years. Like look at where we were 20,000 years ago. So wouldn't you think that Godzilla himself would also, you know, adapt potentially? Well, except for with the humans, you got generations, but is it? It's not generations of Godzillas, is it? Or is it? Let's just say uh, there's the like we just saw another Godzilla, but this is the same Godzilla who's yeah changed over the years and evolved himself into this. Let's just say that he is aged like a fine wine. <laughs> Yeah, now he truly is just a, a giant god being. He's not 300 <laughs> feet. He's 300 meters. And now is he, was he in like a hibernation period just living under that mountain? Oh, he wasn't in a hibernate. He was not under the mountain. He was the mountain. Yeah, he was. But was, like, was he just resting in there? <laughs> a couple thousand he years. He was basically either taking a nap or something else. <laughs> And I could sort of see that him just taking a nap because there's like nothing like he wiped out all the other kaiju. So it's like, what else is there to do? But just like sleep. Yeah. Now this again, I always love the just complete God vision of the monsters in these movies. And so this guy, he's, he's just like the pinnacle of that. Like just the way they frame him too. It's always just, it's super cool. Just this giant rock like this the the earth itself almost like it's it's beautiful like it's it's breath your breath you're gorgeous you're breathtaking then we get this interesting moment oh king of destruction like just look at him like he's got no neck and it's great it's something about the the chin with that little extended bit down there too looks cool yeah with the horns going under i like it i love it i I love it but I like that there was something a little ominous about the Mephistopheles or whatever you say his name. Yeah. Me- Mes- Mestavis? He's, he's got a weird yeah, name. Yeah, Mestavis, but I just I like yeah. Mephistopheles. <laughs> uh, and for anybody who didn't like how does like Captain Ahab style from the Western point of view a character, um, you know, thinking he's <laughs> thinking that he's, you know, Oh, he's just this entitled Brad or whatnot, and he should get his comeuppance or whatnot. If you if you won't watch any of the movies afterwards and you just like this film, Damn. then this ending is probably perfect for you. If you were like that, just those eyes that look like what's this? <laughs> oh, you're back, huh? Well then, let's uh, let's wow. res- let's resume um, the back and forth cat and mouse game uh, I had with you twenty thousand years ago. Twenty thousand years, and you still haven't changed, eh? Nine thousand gigawatts. I know. I love the. I love their panic too. Like how how could this possibly be? I know Dragon Ball Z goes into like astronomical music units, but sometimes Dragon I just Ball Z. I just love the fact that like he goes like they use the, not even that yeah just they, they go into the like astronomical units for Godzilla here like he's ten thousand tons it's or hundred thousand tons excuse me it's it's amazing. 
Yeah, he yeah, this this Godzilla is incredible. Yep. He could probably do so much more. Like this Look at that. God damn. Just with his tail. And he didn't even do like a full on atomic breath but I'm a geek right now, but he didn't even do an atomic breath blast. He did like a roar. <laughs> I love that that he actually has a roar. Like his roar is weaponized now. Like it's just giant sonic wave. It's great. Yeah, and I don't think I've seen that tail thing in anything else either. I don't <laughs> purists are like, I don't like it. It's like, nah, dude, this is twenty thousand years. Oh man, this I guess yeah. I guess they kind of did the tail thing in uh, Shin Godzilla, but not quite like that. But... Well, that was more of the tail beam. This is like, yeah, he uses his, I mean, heck, he could just stomp and create an earthquake. Like, yeah, uh, they don't go into that, which I wish they did. But like, man, he could just stomp the ground in place and cause the humans to be uh, in trouble. <clears throat> Excuse me, in trouble. The end. Question mark. I guess I'll say it uh, for everybody who, you know, gets it. Probably a way better version of how the rebuild trilogy of, well, I guess quadrilogy, but, you know, trilogy back in the day uh, when it was, could have gone with Evangelion. Yeah, and I'll, I'll just say uh, this this isn't fair. This is just what they do in Japan. It's just different. But I feel like this, the music at the end of this, just not the right cho- choice tonally. For the end of that movie absolutely but i absolutely find this is a banger <laughs> I, I i like this song it's a pretty song but what a somber ending to... i don't know it's playing is it like a pop song with vocal or something or yeah it's what yeah it's called white ice no white something we'll see it. It, it it'll say it and the singer comes back for the other three or two excuse me yeah it just does not fit does not fit that super somber tone at the end there. I mean, if you look at the lyrics and you understand the compo- the composition and the choice of notes, I feel like it's um, contrasting with the film itself. Well, well, that could be fair. I didn't read the lyrics to it, so yeah, maybe, maybe I Again, should. Again, I'm just throwing that out there as, uh, let's say I'm a musician <laughs> here, but like just as for, for the, to give the benefit of the doubt to the musicians, I'm pretty sure like they selected it and... I think it was made for the movie. I don't think it was. Oh, it's a hmm. pop song that we got to like, you know, play and it's not going to just to just get it more popular. I, I don't think so. I think it was made for the film. That's fair. Well, Eric, for you, uh, just I know you didn't really get a chance to fully watch it all the way through, but having seen it with with us talking over it, uh, what were your, your kind of loose thoughts on it? If that helped. Um, I definitely got to rewatch it again and and really pay attention because all the discussion was like pretty fascinating to be honest um all the way through never realized this was what it was really about um and i am really curious about what hints y'all dropped about what's in the second and third movie and i really can't imagine where this is going to end up exactly um after seeing all three really no clue so I don't know. Uh, pros and cons. Pros and cons. Like, what do you mean? <laughs> I mean, I know what pros and cons mean, but what do you mean? Like, like, good and bad about about it? Yeah. What? What? Like, what did you personally like? What you personally didn't like? Hot takes. Um. Okay. I know everybody loves the the Knights of Sidonia type animation here, and it's not white out. That's what it's called. It's called uh, the, the song oh the song white out. out um oh oh yeah there it just popped yeah. up yeah <laughs> sorry 
I thought you were saying the animation style is called White Out. And I was like, yeah, I thought so too. <laughs> Maybe that'll be my studio when I make an animation studio, White Out. So, um, I, I like like the look of it, like Knights of Sidonia. I was into it when I first fell into that series. I'm kind of it's it's not exactly my favorite anime style these days. Oh, but I, when it comes to the 3D stuff, I can't. I can't think of a good example right now of what of what my ideal is, but that that's not really a big deal anyway. Um, I you know in a again in a in a made up world, I'd like to see a high budget um, live action version of this, like on screen, but that that would never happen for something like this. <laughs> um, but I'd still love to see it. Um, and I mean, I'm a fan that of could be cool, deep sci-fi, uh, what they, or hard sci-fi, which I didn't realize it was until again hearing y'all's conversation. This is hard science fiction, as hard as Godzilla is in this film. Right. So <laughs> well, yeah, I need to watch it again. I need to see where this is going. Wait, what is happening right now? Is this the after credit scene? Yeah, we get a little after credit scene. Oh yeah. wait a minute. Maybe all my reasonings and my hmm. you know. Discussion of MCU, maybe they're doing something here similar to that. I was not expecting this. Whatever this is. Yeah, I guess we'll see. <laughs> see? When you don't expect things, it actually comes as a surprise. Take a hit, Marvel. Oh, yeah. Well, Marvel can't help it anymore, but it's just baked into the formula. But Oh, jeez. Oh, hey, didn't we see you earlier? This reminds me of like playing out. Yep. A little bit of setup. This reminds me of playing Breath of the Wild or something. Because, uh... Let me tell you, some of the aesthetic... This stuff, this... This stuff with this girl and where where this goes, my favorite stuff out of the, these movies. Agreed. I just love that stuff. So, I would recommend definitely if you get the chance... That little cutscene was... Oh, uh, go yes. ahead. No, I was gonna say, I, I recommend if you get the chance to, uh, to watch the second one before we do the episode because yeah definitely oh no i i i hope to plan to yes and whatever that little cutscene was or not cutscene but after credit scene um yeah that was very breath of the wildy she looked just like <laughs> uh what's her name impa uh young impa from breath of the wild i don't know what's going on yeah and i like how glittery her skin was looked and she's a vampire don't you know <laughs> Oh, but for you, Isaac, I guess, uh, I guess final thoughts for this one. I seen it three times now and it's just fantastic every time. It's just, it's absolutely, I, I love this film. I'm feeling it. What can I say? Um, yeah, we've been gushing this whole time. So <laughs> again, there's some stuff that, um, I can't even say like this, like I absolutely hate, I, they just do it differently. That's all I'm going to say. They, there's just some differences and what Eric said perfectly explained. Like they, they don't care about like, not that they don't care. They tell the story the way they need to tell the story. With, with what, what are you referring to? Sorry. So, sorry. So when Eric, like way back in the beginning mentioned how like, you know, the Japanese kind of don't do it the way, or at least, you know, East Eastern cinema doesn't do it the way Western cinema does it. Um, mm. I don't, certain indie artists probably do it the same way. Um, that's, that's what I like. That's what I want more of. Um, 
where it was kind of a loose broken-ish narrative not really like in the beginning it was but like towards the end it was not it was i think everybody was on the same page i i hope and so i yeah i don't know do do i want to see something like this translated into the godzilla live like whatever the next godzilla live action movie will be maybe but just the the same amount of um what is it the same amount of preparation planning out and i guess a good bringing a good idea and seeing it to its fullest potential that's all i want to see live action or animation yeah and i have i have faith that toho because we got with shin godzilla we got a lot more focus on kind of you know thoughtful science fiction with this movie as well so I'm I'm hoping that they'll continue that with Godzilla in, in Japan, America. You know, they'll I I enjoy the legendary movies, but you know I don't think we'll ever see something like this from from that no, studio. Unfortunately, we're too stupid to you know think about that. Fortune <laughs> Godzilla. Well, it's... well, it's just the different audiences and that's true. Different things sell in different places, and they're also looking at massively different uh, kind of cost to profit margins than toho was worried about with yes you sound like you've been watching the same youtube videos i've been watching uh they have been explaining why (laughs) they've been they've been explaining why why the blockbuster movies the way they are currently versus 15 20 years ago and there's a whole bunch of reasons according to these videos Uh, but a big thing is yeah streaming services and how they've changed the whole game at the movies and television um it's funny it sounds like when we were uh talking about godzilla versus megalon and how tv changed everything for the studios at the time oh, oh. probably a very similar dynamic but yeah I mean, it's still tv it's just in a different form it's evolved caleb what do you think of this movie what are your thoughts i mean again i've been i've been gushing the whole time like i said when i first saw it i was super frustrated with it and i think maybe the reason i kept debating with you is because there were so many things that I really, really latched onto and liked, but I just couldn't wrap my head around everything, and I hated the way it looked. But like I said, I've seen it, I guess, six times now, and every time I watch it, I like it more. I, I just think it's fantastic. And again, I would put these three together. If I was making a top ten of Godzilla movies, I would put these three together, and it would probably be in like my number five slot. <laughs> yeah, it's not that's not fair to like... It's not fair, but... It is one movie, in my opinion. Yeah, no, what um, I'm saying is, yeah, it wouldn't be fair to not put these three together. Yeah, um, yeah. And I've come around to your um, your your, de- your decision to, like, you know, have these three. Yeah, we can't do this. Like, it was mostly a joke of, like, no, we got to do it all, like, separately or whatnot. But it's like, no, I was <laughs> being a goof by that point. I was just being a dumb goof. And I'll, I'll also point out, because... I'm in a number of Godzilla Facebook groups. <laughs> these are not popular. No, these are not popular. <laughs> well, because it doesn't, it doesn't give what people want. I mean, spoilers, Eric. Everybody hates these, or what I imagine the longtime fans or the fans of the franchise at large want. This is not that. This is no. This is something else. Yeah, and the people who love them will all come in and, and defend and like, no, guys, you're really missing what's so great here. Me, I, I totally get why people don't like these, but I, again, I think they're some of the best stuff we've ever seen from Godzilla, and it was really, really exciting. It's not the best comparison, 
but it's why some of depending on what, what James Bond fan faction you're part of, there's a, a there's a minority who of of old school fans who don't like Skyfall because mm. it's very different from the oh the, okay okay well it's like a group and a subgroup. Uh, there's the group who don't like overall the angsty Craig era. They prefer the happy-go-lucky, whatever, previous era. Uh, and there's the old-school fans who like the old Bond where he always wins no matter what because he's, like, perfect, you know, like God powers. And there's people who just want Bond to be that, and they don't want the modern Bond who has issues and he's dealing with his alcoholism and his love life, his love life is a wreck. And they're like, no, we don't want that. We don't want the real gritty Bond. And then, and then again, there's the subgroup who just focuses on Skyfall in particular because it's the epitome of this, uh, which is it really breaks the mold um, for like all the Bond. Oh yeah. no, not the tropes, but uh, like the structure of like how a typical Bond movie unfolds. Uh, Skyfall goes way off, especially at the end. Um, but see, for me, though, I'm like, oh, no, like, I love this. I love that they're getting out of the routine. I guess this sounds like the Marvel argument from mm-hmm. earlier. But I love how they're they're <laughs> breaking the mold. and They're going to new territory. And see, if it would fail whenever they try to do that in the older Bonds. They tried it with Honor Majesty's Secret Service. Yeah. They tried it with Timothy Dalton. And again, same thing. People, like, they're like, no, we don't really want that. Just give me the same thing over and over. And see, that's always going to be the struggle, uh, whether you're talking about music at large or like the MCU thing we were just talking about, you can get experimental, but you can't. You can't go. You can't go Eternals experimental. You have to go. Like when Guardians of the Galaxy first came out, see that was considered like a cool experiment because it was like, oh, this is different, but it's still a lot of action, a lot, a lot of humor, which ended up, you know, mm-hmm. you know affecting things not so greatly later down the road. But uh, so, I mean, it makes sense. Yeah, again, like this is way out of left field um, for the Godzilla stuff. So it makes, because this is this is not the kind of stuff that it seems like the Godzilla, Godzilla fans are in. They're not in it for this. Um, you and perhaps me and perhaps Isaac are in a little subset who, yeah, we like Godzilla, but we also like this other stuff. And this is like bringing it together, um, uh, our outside interests, and combining it with Godzilla. Uh, but yeah, we're not. We're, that's definitely not the majority fan, I guess. I imagine. Yeah, and I'll and I'll just say since this is our first entry in the Reiwa uh, era, yeah, for so many years in the kind of wilderness era for Godzilla before 2014. I kept just hoping Godzilla would come back. And I was like, I know it's probably not going to be great. I know, you know, the millennium era, I hadn't seen a lot of it at the time. I was like, ah, I was kind of weaker material, but oh, I just hope it comes back. And it came back with fucking Shin Godzilla, these movies. I, I haven't loved the legendary stuff as much as a lot of other people, but I still think those are quite good. Like you can't have a better time to be a, a Godzilla fan than right now. I think like really, really exciting stuff. And singular point, probably because because it, well, well, you know, I'm a newer Godzilla fan. It's only been like three or four years for me, or something in total. And how am I gonna say this? Um, because 
sometimes when I think about Godzilla, the stuff preceding 2014, um, it's kind of like thinking about classic Doctor Who. I hate to always go back to the mm-hmm. same well, but you like it because you like it and you have nostalgia for it and you look past the low budgets and the poor effects and the and and you just go, no, I just like it because it's this thing. It's this oddball thing. And because and that's what I felt after I watched like the whole, was it Troa set, the Criterion set? Um, oh, Showa. Showa. It, that... Um, that it's it's like wait a second, there's like one or two legit movies in this set, and the rest is just like what the heck? Like you just have to be in it, and and so I mean, uh, it, it just all of a sudden got serious, uh, twenty fourteen and beyond, whether it's the Japanese stuff or the American stuff, or at least more serious, and and so like yeah, well, was it actually good before or it's. Uh, it's kind of like when, when well, I was going to say we, but it's more you and Sean. When you talk about um, uh, zombie movies or some horror movies, it's like, yeah, these things are really good in the realm of slasher movies, but are they actually good as legitimate movies? Meaning not just as genre movies, but as like art house film. And then that's like changes the whole conversation. I don't know. Does anyone know what I'm saying? I kind of know what I'm saying. I don't know if I'm saying it right. Yeah. No, I, I, I know what you're saying. Yeah, I know what you're saying. And yeah, just in general, most of the Godzilla sequels after 54, yeah, are, they're good for, you know, kaiju films and in particular kind of the like silly There's ones. certain standouts, like like I would I would say like the original Godzilla vs. Kong just stands out because it, it feels like they're really trying to do more, whether you like that movie or not. Like, like they're going all out. Yeah. Before they started slashing the budgets, Mothra versus Godzilla, and then was it Biolante? Yep, Biolante. Yeah, love that. Where movie. all of a sudden they wanted to get serious for a second, and like, hey, take us well, serious again. Like we're, you know, we have like a serious message, and uh, you know, it's not just a goof. Yeah, Return of Godzilla. But then again, do people really want that? Do people really want the dark, serious stuff? I mean, at, at that time, I don't know. Uh, but it's like, no, we just, just give us what we want, you know? Yeah. Unfortunately the audiences were yeah mixed on them. And that's why the Hasey air very quickly transitioned back to more silly stuff. So <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, I mean, yeah, that's, that's like the forever struggle. I'm still waiting for a serious transfer. Well, Bumblebee a little bit, but I'm still waiting for a serious live action transformer movie. We'll get into that when we do Roach to the Fallen. Don't you worry. Because <laughs> I would fuck. I would love that though, like a a, a hard sci-fi Transformer IP movie. Have you Holy watched? Uh, have you watched War for Cybertron yet? I watched the first three episodes, and I was like so engaged at first, but then it, it started to lose me. Like it, they started to talk too much <laughs> or something. Which oh, I guess. Oh. <laughs> I, I mean, I'm not that type of viewer generally i mean the kind of has a short attention span but they just started losing me i i don't know i need to finish it i need to see what happens yeah, give it a second zeus or it's other dues uh final thing i'll say is yeah i'm not okay yes i'm kissing this uh movies and you know i guess trilogies ass uh very much mm-hmm. so but that does not mean i put everything else down 
at all. I am not putting any of these other movies beforehand, what we've seen in our series so far or what has come before down. I will still go back to like the original King Kong versus Godzilla because that stuff is great. All right. That is some fun stuff. Okay. It's like I said before, if it ends in tragedy, it's fun. We don't obviously want real life to end in tragedy, but in film, you know, people love tragedy, but I love comedy too. That's why Shakespeare himself did both comedy and tragedy. Obviously, more tragedy than mm. comedies, but that's why I sometimes appreciate his comedies more than his tragedies because, you know, you don't see that often. It's like, dang, what is Shakespeare actually talking about in these comedies like Midsummer Night's Dream or Taming of the Shrew or anything of any of those other ones that I forget, which are comedies? Mm. Like, dang, let's let's see what this guy's talking about. The master of 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 drama and and tragedy himself. Let's see what he has to say about comedies. And they work. Like we gotta have both. We got it's it's two sides. Yeah, and I'll, it'll be interesting to see if Japan eventually turns kind of back to that more silly stuff. I guess actually, Singular Point gets into more silly silly territory. So, so far what I've seen, yes. Just to flip everything yeah. upside <laughs> on his head, I forget is the Godzilla seventy eight animated series on on the list. Um, I think I put a couple episodes. Yeah, because that'll be damn interesting vis-a-vis our conversation right now <laughs> yeah i don't know how it's going to come up because i don't know how readily available it is i've got some of it on dvd but seems like a lot of it's on youtube perhaps like the episodes oh because i was oh, cool. just looking help. into it right now make a note of that make a note of that. because i watched that growing up I, I watched i watched a fair amount of this series when i was a kid that's awesome <laughs> Yeah, that's oh boy. <laughs> yeah, I guess <laughs> that'll be interesting when we get to that stuff. And the Godzilla. I'm trying to think who produced this. Was it American produced? I don't know who made this. Uh... Oh, it was Hanna Barbera. Oh, oh God, yeah. it was it. Oh, Scooby Doo's themselves. Oh, oh God, themselves. It was Hanna Barbera. Holy shit! <laughs> They've had a hand in everything. It only lasted for one year. It, well, two seasons, one year. That's a lot. That's long <laughs> in those days. Yeah, long for that show. Boy, oh boy. <laughs> Holy shit. Hanna-Barbera, damn it. I actually really hope we get those episodes before we get to any of the, uh, the 90s series. Because it's funny, the 90s series actually, in its own way, is almost like a successor to that. It has a very similar formula and crew, which is kind of odd. <laughs> but, but anyway, yeah, that's that'll come down the line. I Thanks, everyone, for watching this episode or i or listening to it i should say it's on youtube <laughs> and uh yeah, i guess any last words for you isaac ladies and gentlemen those <laughs> in between yes yeah. <laughs> ladies and gentlemen those <laughs> in between if you have uh if if you have a bitter hatred and or passion and <laughs> devotion fascination whatever you want to call it obsession with something in this world someone or something Ask yourself this, is your cause just, or is revenge itself a worthless cause? Till next time. 